So, welcome to this week's episode of London Heal. I am your host, Tatiana Kasesnov. This week, I am very honored and delighted to welcome as my guest, Niraj Naik, also known as the renegade pharmacist. He is indeed a qualified pharmacist turned holistic health and breathwork expert. After working for several years as a community pharmacist, Niraj noticed that his patients were not getting better. They were in fact often getting more sick and being given more and more medication. Stress and overwhelm of his own job saw him himself become a patient of ulcerative colitis, and he embarked on a life-changing journey to heal himself. Now he lives totally symptom-free and is dedicated to helping others improve their health and their lives using breathwork, music, and lifestyle guidance. So, Naraj, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Absolute pleasure. So, the renegade pharmacist, as I mentioned, as we, we spoke a bit offline, you're the renegade pharmacist, I'm the renegade scientist, I hear you. Tell us the story. Why did you move away? We talked a little bit about it in the introduction, but what yeah. was... What was the thing that really tipped you into looking at the world and health in a slightly different way? Yeah, sure. So actually, I was a community pharmacist in the UK. Um, I was uh, working all around kind of like Berkshire and London and places like that. And that's where I saw my real insight into the state of the healthcare system. And I've always been quite a questioning kind of person now like, I don't like take everything from face value and when my gut instinct is really like speaking loud um you know it was quite obvious the moment I started working at pharmacy there was something really wrong with the whole system something didn't seem right like uh I mean the fact that people went away with just like bags full of drugs like every single month you know some people were on like 20 30 medications a day you know maybe more some some patients on even more um it just was like alarming like i was like what is going on it doesn't make sense uh like i i went into profession thinking that i was doing something that's going to help people although the whole industry was based around you know getting people back into full health and it seemed to be pretty much the opposite it was more like maintaining the symptoms of disease and uh and just getting people on as many drugs as possible. And you can really see that this is a business very quickly. And, you know, I was encouraged, you know, to sell as many items as possible when somebody comes in with a sniffle, you know, get people on as many a mixture of different things. And, and I think also doctors are also not so much anymore, but definitely when I first started um, working as pharmacists, they were encouraged to give a lot of different uh, it's called poly prescribing, polypharmacy, where you give loads of different types of medications to alter different uh, components of the physiology, chemistry, to alleviate symptoms. And quite often, you're alleviating the side effects of other drugs. And and I just put myself. I just thought I'm going to put myself into a position of the chief marketing officer of a big drug company. Like, what would they think? And and their job is to obviously increase the bottom line. Well, the biggest nuisance to a, um, a a drug company is a patient being cured, obviously, because once they're cured, they're not going to need to take anything else. Yeah, it's not a good cures business are, model, is it? Yours <laughs> are a really bad business model. So, um, so the idea would be you want to get a patient on a drug that they have to take all the time, a daily dose, as it were, every single day, and they become dependent on it, hooked on it. And that also means that, like, the best forms of treatments are the ones that treat symptoms but don't get to the root cause of the issue. So I, I used to give this analogy, actually, when I was working in pharmacy, that if somebody keeps banging their head against the wall, right, and you get a swelling, what a doctor will do is, you know, put a Band-Aid on, put ice on the swelling. And if the person keeps bashing their head against the wall, it doesn't matter how much ice, more ice or plasters you put on, it's just going to keep getting worse and to the point where, you know, it's going to cause brain damage. And 
pretty much uh, that's what's going on, is that people are constantly bashing their heads against the wall and just treating the, the inflammation without getting to the root cause of why are they bashing their heads against the wall. <laughs> and this is what I was like more interested in, in trying to, to do. Um, so actually what happened was like, I realized how little my knowledge in pharmacy was um, geared around like lifestyle things. And it was only when I started going to some of these seminars, one of the seminars um, was this Tony Robbins event in, um, in London, actually, the Excel in 2007. And it was amazing. It was a huge eye-opening experience. But the last day uh, that he had a health expert on, he talks about health and in terms of your diet, nutrition, exercise, breathing, all these lifestyle things, a lot of stuff based on yoga, breathwork, pranayama stuff. And I was like, what, really? We never got taught any of this. So I was like, right, I want to put this guy to the test. Is this for real, this knowledge? And I thought, I'm in the best place, you know, working in pharmacy day in, day out. There's people, you know, with illnesses. So I actually, what happened was that they had this um, one, uh, you, you literally have like one minute with a patient you don't have long right but they brought out this new thing the government brought where they pay you to where you have longer time with each patient you have like 30 minutes 15 to 30 minutes they actually pay you to get patients more compliant by going through their drugs and in the, and actually coaching them on how to take their drugs and if there are ones that aren't working to get other them onto other ones and you know they're called medicine use reviews so i took this time to actually get people off the drugs they never said they never said that you couldn't do that it was meant to be a time for you to coach the patients so they never said you should not um get people off drugs you know like i actually use this time to get people off the drugs and so i spent like i had about a few minutes and i basically thought the easiest way is to write these shopping lists based on people's conditions. And I gave them like an analogy of how their, their body is like a car, car engine. And you know, what happens if you put the wrong fuel into your car, you know, if you put in, um, uh, diesel into a petrol, you know, imagine what happens. And, you know, mo most people had actually done that. So they, they're quite aware of the problem of that. And I said, well, just imagine you've been putting the wrong fuel, into your body for so long, you know, and now if you want to come off all these drugs and most people wanted to come off when you asked them if they really wanted to take certain pills, most people didn't want to take them because they knew the side effects were really horrible. So actually I got, um, people off medications like within a few weeks, just by changing their, their diets. And you'd be surprised how many people in the UK, um, live on processed ready meals, microwave meals, and don't even know how to cook their own food. You know, they've never, like for years, they've never cooked their own food. It was incredible. And the amount of people who live on Coca-Cola and fizzy drinks and sugary drinks, you have diabetes, a doctor doesn't do anything about it. You know, they don't talk to them about their lifestyle and they just put them on these pills nonstop. So doctors really, I realize that their purpose is to prop up the economy. Like they are there to help people become better consumers so they consume for longer periods of time. That's pretty much why I realized what a doctor's role has become. You know, they're not really going to the cause of problems. It's definitely changing a lot more now because you can't bullshit as much as you used to in, in the olden days, like with the internet and things, people are a lot more aware. But also the other thing I realized was so few pharmacists and doctors actually cared enough to go and study and do extra curriculum uh like study and research for the benefit of the patients like most people were just their, their only research came from the big pharma uh reps who came in and did these little glossy presentations took them out to fancy lunches and dinners and told them that so and so is the next big big drug blockbuster drug for your blood pressure and things like that you know statins the fact that they're on the market was just astonishing so anyway, so I got really good results with that. And I actually got fired from the first job 
for mismanaging the pharmacy. But in the end, I ended up getting promoted to the head office of one of the biggest corporations in the world. And I was carrying out this incredible um, uh, project where I would give out these healthy shopping lists on a website. And, and, you know, people who were like housebound could get like food delivered to their homes and all this stuff. So anyway, it could have been really cool, could have been brilliant, but several months into it, they decided to shelve it for reasons I don't want to fully go into. I don't know the ins and outs of exactly why, but it seems it was way too controversial for the time to tell people not to drink sugary drinks if you're on, if you've got diabetes and not to eat processed foods if you, you know, have so-and-so diseases. And that actually made me so disillusioned. Like I just had a big nervous breakdown. I couldn't believe that this is the state of what's going on. And I also saw so much kind of um, weird business practices, you know, of these corporations that it just made me more and more progressively, more and more disillusioned. And in the end, I just got hit with a lightning bolt, um, got hit with this disease myself called ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune condition, which creates uh, ulcers in your colon. And literally, I was um, shedding blood like 40 times a day for like a year. It was horrible. And that's when I went really deep. And it was really bizarre turn of events because I was there like helping all these patients. And then suddenly, I'm now the patient. And I actually, because I've been, I lost so much hope with humanity and even my own existence that I just surrendered to the medical system. And I remember the consultant, uh, GI doctor, bless her, she was this huge, obese, overweight lady um, shoving a colonoscopy tube up my bum to show me where the ulcers were. It was like the lowest point in my life. And I asked her, like, you know, what about diet? You know, what should I change my diet? Like, what's advice you got there? She goes, nope, there's no proof at all that diet has any any effect on this condition. And I said, what about um, uh, stress levels? You know, what my job is really stressful. Uh, she goes, um, no, there's no proof of that either. You just got to take these pills. This is the only thing that's shown to help. So I was like, oh, my God. So I just surrendered to that, actually. So I took all the pills, did everything according to the book. I got much more sick. I got much more um, worse symptoms than I had even before, like big griping pains, and it just wasn't nice. And then the steroids, you feel great for a bit. Like you feel like, oh, like pumped up on steroids, but then it slowly turns into more side effects. So I really didn't want to be on steroids so also suppress the immune system long term. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And she said, like, okay, well, you can be there's two more choices left for you. Either you have your colon removed or you'd be a guinea pig for a drug that hasn't been tested before. And that was like literally the lowest point in my life because you know, having facing having your colon removed and shitting in the black at the age of like 30 was just so depressing. Anyway, so I I became super desperate and they say God stands a gift of desperation. And I remember I was just praying for another, a third way. And luckily came to my rescue and now very close to our family, Swami Ambikananda, a yoga teacher in the UK. And she basically said to me, like, you've got a gift. If you can heal yourself, you know, you cure yourself completely without using these drugs. You'll be an amazing role model to other people. So that kind of gave me this, like hope, new sense of hope. And it was the first time like I heard anyone really talk about cures of diseases, you know, like the Tony Robbins stuff was more about how to become fit and healthy, but real cures of actual chronic autoimmune conditions, which are severe, like they're serious problems, especially right. like colitis. Um, I never really saw it explained in a way that I had from Ayurveda, Pranayama, yoga, and so I just followed her advice. I went really deep on these subjects myself, and it just opened this huge, like, door to a whole new world of possibility. And I started to um, model people who had cured themselves from ulcerative I stopped reading the forums because these forums are sometimes the worst places to go to because it's just full of negativity. And um, 
people were just lost lack of hope. So I just started to find people who had healed themselves. And, and I noticed there were some common things. And I just created my own little system out of it. A big part of that was going back into music and using music and trance states to go in and reprogram the subconscious mind. And boom, within a few months, I was fully fit again. I created a business around my passion, which was making music. I was always a, really into music, and I made time making all this therapeutic music. People like Marissa Peer is quite a famous therapist. She became a friend. She started using it, gave me a lot of encouragement. Uh, Wim Hof, the superhuman Iceman, I produced all the music for him and his courses. And I just started to meet amazing people around the world. This passion took me on this incredible journey, meeting all these amazing people. And um, and I just went really deep. And in the end, I discovered like um, how you can use breathing techniques to really activate these trance states. You know, you can use it to wake up your own inner pharmacy. You can turn stress on and off. You can lower your blood pressure, increase it. You can do all kinds of magical things just through the power of your breath. And when you combine it with music, it's like it takes things to another level. So. I created a, a movement that's become quite big now around the world called Soma, somabreath.com. And um, I created this, this practice that's based on these ancient pranayama techniques. That is like a great daily thing to do that is like a high-intensity workout for your soul and spirit, I call it. Right. And um, it really helps your you clean your nervous system of like old stagnant energy. It really helps to move the lymphatic system it helps you get into these high vibe states high vibrational states it, it uses trance states for you to get into flow and to really figure out what it is you want to do um, in your life or to attract more of the things you really want in your life so it's like combines a lot of the esoteric med meditation techniques for like manifesting and creating you know things that you want in your life which is all kind of explained by hypnosis self-hypnosis and combines these ancient yoga, pranayama, breathing techniques from moving energy around the body. And Can I just um, back you up a second? Yeah. For those people yeah. who are not so familiar with the, um, with the uh, um, uh, Indian system, what is, yeah. is pranayama? Can you just... Okay, yeah, for sure. So pranayama, prana means energy, yama is control. So pranayama is energy control, breath control. And... Really what it is, is a series of breathing techniques that allows you to tap into your physiology, right? In a way like a drug would work, but without the side effects. Mm -hmm. So what they realize, and this goes back to a very ancient story in the Rig Veda, which is the world's oldest religious manuscript. Right. And in the Rig Veda, it tells of a time, which is like the golden age of our planet. People live for long periods of time. They live in absolute harmony with nature. And what do they do? Um, well, they start taking psychedelics, a lot of psychedelics, and experimenting with all these psychedelics and getting into amazing spiritual trance states, static states that allows them to communicate with the other realms, the spirit world. And what happens is that this is where they, they start to divine all the knowledge that's used to create the first civilizations and the first technologies and art and literature and all this stuff that formed the, these ancient Indus Valley civilizations. Then as time goes on, people start to move out and migrate around the planet. And um, that's when the soma, so that this plant or the concoction of plants, it's called soma. And that's when the soma starts to run out because it doesn't grow everywhere. And um, so they really become to panic at this time because they're like so dependent on the soma for their happiness, their bliss, their health and everything. So this is when they decide they must go inward to discover how to create the soma within. And through that, they realize that we have every single substance that exists in nature in terms of you know, the things that you find in plant medicines, you already contain within. And that we can activate it using these breathing techniques and yoga techniques. And that's the origin of Tantra. So tan, tan means body. Tantra is like basically all of the methods for getting a peak human experience 
by working with the body. That's what Tantra is. It's all the methods. Yoga is the philosophy. It's more of the philosophy. And um, so imagine originally, like, there was all these biohackers on the planet experimenting <laughs> things, and then they invented Tantra as this system which combines a lot of breathing techniques with asana, yoga asana. And then it turned into all these branches that we know today, from yoga to pranayama to Ayurveda. But they all came from a single source, a single way of life. And uh, Ayurveda is um, the Indian medical system, ancient Indian medical system, that takes into account that there's no one-size-fits-all. So through Ayurveda, you can actually find out exactly the right diet for you, your um, the kind of ways you should live, your the environment you should live in, the temperatures, the climates, um, you know, the kind of job, work you're most suited to. It can all be discovered through Ayurveda. It's amazing. It's like a real precise system of figuring out who you are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Ayurveda, through Ayurveda, you'd prescribe certain breathing techniques, dietary advices, yoga, asanas, based on your energy type. So Ayurveda runs all on energy and the understanding that we're all a combination of different energies. And there's three fundamental energies in Ayurveda, which is known as your doshas. Mm-hmm. You have um, fire, earth, and air. Okay? And we have combinations of these elements. So... So basically by modulating them, and pranayama is one of the ways to modulate them, we can actually change who we are to a certain degree. We can influence who we are without needing to take substances or chemicals and things like that. So that's, that's basically what I, discovered, I learned. You know, um, and I went more deep on it and had first-hand experience healing myself. Since then, I've helped so many people around the world with chronic health issues. And actually one of the primary things I really help people with now is gut problems because in Ayurveda the first thing that goes is quite often it's your digestive health right that's usually the first thing that goes um, because it's the entry point where we consume the most of the things in the external world it's often it's your lungs or your um, gut that goes first, you know, like asthma is a huge problem in the world and things like that. It is, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the is... Points which are the, like, the first contact points with the outside world. Yeah, and skin. Outside. A lot of people get skin problems as well. But but primarily the disease resides in the gut. And the reason why, and now science has shown, is that this is where the majority of your immune system is. Okay, mm-hmm. It's most of where your your bacterial flora exists. And that gut microbiome is is so important for your health and you could say that this is your brain as well you can say like i don't like to say that there's a second brain i like to say it, it is your brain all of this is your brain every single cell in your body has consciousness right. and the gut is a concentration of very intelligent cells which um understand a lot about your environment mm-hmm. so if your gut isn't feeling it then you know if your gut instinct is telling you something you should pay attention the same thing with your heart. Your heart also tells you when things are not right. You know, you feel it. You feel it in a contraction. And the idea of like this self-inquiry and understanding yourself is to know when your whole body is is telling you things. So it's to become more aware. And this is what meditation is about: is to become more aware of who you are, your full self, not just the one that resides in your head, because the one in your head. Is programmable, you know. As you know, as right. therapists, you can program people and change people's states very quickly through words and pictures and images. But um, you can actually reprogram yourself. You can even program yourself, which shows that actually, you know, we have conscious control over our own subconscious mind. That we're almost like a computer, the mm-hmm. way we work. Um, so the point of meditation, part of it, is to become more aware of what the other voices are saying, trying to tell us. And that's actually the complete opposite from what most modern people, I mean, I'm always actually shocked, especially even with women, at how very little they kind of understand about the messages their own bodies are sending them. Yes. You know, um, I mean, just simple things like, you know, most young women have no idea that they can tell where they are in their cycle just by examining what's happening to their bodies. They're never taught these things in the you know ancient times. 
this knowledge would have been passed down from the yes. elders to the the youngers. They would have been taught, you know, that to have this inner self-awareness, but we just we're actively discouraged from doing that. Um, and that, totally. that's one of my big things is, is actually empowering people to go, well, wait a minute, this is my body. I know best when it's sending me a signal. And yet we're taught to ignore those signals. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, you'll see all the marketing messages on the mainstream, the TV. Somebody has, oh, a little bit of heartburn. Pop a pill and you'll be fine. And it shows this image of the person like with wings flying away. And it's bullshit like there's a reason why you got heartburn and if it's a chronic thing if you keep taking the pills to suppress the heartburn then all you're going to do is um you know it's like bashing your head against the wall you're just going to alleviate this um expand and um exaggerate symptoms even further and it will turn into other diseases so the when you get these uh, these are warning bell symptoms that um so in a pharmacy you're actually you're looking, spotting symptoms. And so symptoms like heartburn, symptoms like indigestion, symptoms like, um, you know, uh, hemorrhoids, things like that, are the pharmacist will give you a drug. Instantly, they'll, or they'll give you some kind of medicine to take away the symptom. But a, a holistic practitioner will actually go, hold on, how long have you been having this for? Has it been going on for, you know, is it just because you, you really start asking more questions, you know, be like, what, what did you eat? Have you noticed this happened before? It'll be a lot more than just, oh, here, have this, you know, it'll be much deeper. And from that, you can, you can figure out that actually maybe the heartburn is caused because there's something going on at work that you really, somebody may even be bullying you emotionally. You may be really stressed because of, bills coming up and actually there's some very simple breathing techniques that will alleviate that and with that knowledge then you can actually start looking at what is the cause of the heartburn maybe it is because you eat too late at night you're coming home from work too late and then you can start adjusting your your lifestyle patterns rather than just taking pills all day long and you'll be surprised so many people come in for heartburn they just keep taking the pills and then eventually they get stomach ulcers and then the stomach ulcer turns internal bleeding and then they bleed to death or yeah. something worse happens, you know, they get some other problem. So, you know, but it's yeah, really hard to explain this. In an article just recently, actually, about yeah. how very dangerous these heartburn tablets are for the simple reason that by switching off, because essentially they switch off the uh, acid production in the stomach, right? Yes. And um, what that does is it kills things off as well as yes. everything else. So they actually end up, we talked about, you know, you talked about the gut uh, microbiome, but that belongs in certain parts of the gut. And when you actually switch off this acid producing system, what happens is you get a whole load of fungi and bacteria that actually start to live next to the stomach in the next part of the gut that shouldn't actually be there because normally they would be destroyed by the stomach acid emptying. Yes. So it actually creates problems down the line which is kind of yeah but i i don't know anybody who's ever taken these medications who's been told that by a doctor that what's that the, the long term that they actually end yeah. up potentially doing you more harm than good oh, I know. because the doctors aren't educated it's right. very bad for the economy to educate doctors right the more dumb doctors are the better it is for the economy Although I, I feel for the doctors, because I do think that most doctors have actually gone into medicine because they really genuinely want to help people. Oh, yeah. They they, no, I, I question that. Yeah. No, no, I question that as well. Do you really? Oh. From the Asian community, which I come from, the Indian community, a lot of people did medicine because of their parents pressured them into doing it and because okay. of status. They Good did it with, oh, yeah, oh, I'm important because I'm a doctor. There's... Uh, I know so many doctors. I trained, you know, I studied with them in uni, who are miserable doing what they do now because they didn't really want to do it. You know, they right. wanted to be like pilots, or you know, they wanted to be football players. <laughs> they didn't want to be playing, at, you know, like prescribing pills to people. So yeah, right. I do, I do, I do definitely question it. Yeah. It actually predominantly has not been my experience, but I, I can see where you're coming from. I think that it's certainly a very, you know, especially in the US where, where you can earn serious good money as a physician, oh, yeah. it is a very tempting, 
tempting thing. However, I shall try and maintain that that the good in people that most of them no, there is a lot of there's a lot of people who do it for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You were I mean, and they do save lives. No, there's a Absolutely. lot of doctors who do amazing work. You know, like if you have a heart attack and you need, you know, to resuscitation, and if you break your bones and things like that, you know, ER and the things they do in ER is incredible. They're like superheroes. But when it comes to chronic conditions, that's where everything falls apart. And that's where the most money is made by drug companies. Yeah, because as you yeah. said, it's a continual source of, of revenue, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Going back to the breath work, that's that's kind of one of the main focuses of our conversation. You mentioned mm-hmm. Wim Hof. Wim Hof is, is very well known, the Iceman, for his breathing techniques. Yeah. Are the breathing techniques that you've devised the same or different? Um, do you have a variety of breathing techniques or is it one standard technique that does everything? Maybe you could talk a bit more about that. Yeah, sure. No, so Soma is basically from pranayama, the ancient form of pranayama. Um, and pranayama, as I said, is like a pharmacy toolbox of different breathing techniques. So in Soma, we teach you different breathing techniques for different conditions. One of them is like for heartburn, if somebody has chronic heartburn, quite often it's caused by H. pylori, mm-hmm. which is a bacterial infection, which is this bad bacterial overgrowth that happens. Now, there's a breathing technique, an ancient breathing technique, where you drink air, <laughs> you drink air into the gut, and it um, it basically, basic like if you go to colon um, clinics, okay, they use oxygen to kill. Um, anaerobic bacteria that's in the gut right okay and actually meat eating meat actually contains a lot of anaerobic bacteria and and, um when that goes into the gut um it can cause a lot of gas and not everyone can digest meat very well and you get a lot of flatulence and things like that and um so this is where sometimes bad bacterial overgrowth can occur when the wrong foods go into the body and the body can't digest it properly Now, oxygen, funny enough, actually can kill um, this anaerobic bacteria. So just by drinking air, okay, it's one, it's called Katimudra, you you actually like, it's like what you'd you'd get at a colon clinic when they give you these oxygen um, capsules. And you basically, it goes in and it fills up the small intestine and it, it, kills bad bacteria and what it also does is it having air in the gut it it firstly it satiates the appetite so it's great for if you're fasting and it um changes the bowels i mean the the gut gets a little bit filled with air so you don't get so much of the heartburn problem right it, it, it it kind of dampens down the heartburn so, and the idea is that you do this breathe, one breathing technique during a fasting, when you're fasting. And one of the best ways to cure heartburn, chronic heartburn, is to fast a few days and drink lots of water. And that can actually even uh, cure ulcers, all right? So using this breathing technique in the right way, and this is what we teach you, you can actually cure a lot of gut problems. That's just one of them. We have like several of them for different conditions. Like, you know, so... In um, uh, conventional medicine, we've been told that we can't influence autonomic nervous system at will, that we need drugs, machines, surgery to do it. Autonomic and nervous system is what controls... right? <laughs> yes, it's what controls all the functions like your heart, um, your blood pressure, um, you know, body temperature, immune system, digestive system. Now... They realize, the yogis, that the breath is the way, is the connection to the autonomic nervous system. That um, the breathing is the one thing that runs on autopilot, okay? But is also what we can consciously control. And through consciously controlling it, we can actually modulate our autonomic nervous system. So when you breathe out, you actually activate the parasympathetic nervous system. When you breathe in, you stimulate the sympathetic nervous system. So when you breathe out by extending your exhalation longer than you breathe in, and you do it to a rhythm, you can actually bring down the blood pressure, okay? 
So we use these different breathing patterns and it's all based on rhythm, okay? Because uh, another, another insight into pranayama is that the foundation of all yoga breathing is rhythmic breathing, rhythmic diaphragmic breathing. And when you breathe in a rhythm, all the other um, rhythms in your body, biorhythms, from your infradium rhythm, ultradium rhythm, circadian rhythm, which control all of your metabolic processes, your sleep and wake cycle, your hormonal cycles, even your menstrual cycle, um, they're subservient to the rhythm of breath. So through rhythmic breathing, we can actually create a harmony in the body. Okay, and this is the foundation of yogic breathing. So we can harmonize all of the functions of the body just through a few minutes of rhythmic breathing a day. Now, this is the foundation of SOMA, is daily practice of rhythmic diaphragmic breathing. Okay. And that's followed up by uh, breath retention techniques. The breath retention is where you hold your breath beyond the comfort zone. When you hold your breath beyond the comfort zone, slightly beyond the comfort zone, this is where strength occurs. So whenever you push any yourself past the comfort zone in anything, in any area of your life, that's when you make the breakthroughs. That's when the strength occurs. Same thing with holding your breath. When you hold your breath, you lower your oxygen in your bloodstream for a short period of time. You create something called intermittent hypoxia. Mm -hmm. Intermittent hypoxia has been studied a lot by Russian doctors and Indian doctors and stuff. And only recently have the West started to catch up with this. But intermittent hypoxia is this phenomenon. It's amazing where by lowering the oxygen for a brief period, your body adapts to having less oxygen by producing more red blood cells. It wakes up blood vessels around your body, dilates capillaries and vessels and especially in the areas of your heart and your brain. And you can actually really strengthen your, your organs and, and the areas of your heart and your brain with these breath retention techniques. And this is called Kumbhaka. And actually the foundation, the, the other principle of Pranayama, and sometimes Pranayama is called Kumbhaka. Mm -hmm. um, kumbhaka basically means breath retention. And by holding your breath as well, because according to pranayama like your breath and your thoughts are linked so when you breathe in you become inspired right mm -hmm. so actually the word spiritual in latin means to breathe right. spirituality is to breathe and espiritu means breath mm -hmm. so um when you pause your breath when you hold your breath it's actually if you, especially if you do it with no air in the lungs on your exhale it's really hard to actually create a thought. And if you just focus on that, that state where you, you just pause your breath, you go into a very deep, profound meditation, like state of meditation. And this is what the whole idea of Kumbhaka is, is to get, you can progressively extend your breath retention for longer and longer. And the longer you can do that, then uh, the more of this amazing feeling of meditation you get. And the other thing with it is that the longer you can hold your breath, the, the lower you bring the oxygen down. At one point, you will start to release the DMT. And you can create these like samadhi, nirvana, euphoric kind of bliss states by activating this DMT. And this is the soma within that they were, the yogis were trying to figure out how to get. And that's actually like, you know, the DMT is what's produced by these psychedelics in the first place. But this is very advanced stuff. This takes much longer to do. But we gradually build you up to being able to get to those, to those points um, in Soma. And the music drives the whole thing. It, it, it's the soundtrack to the whole thing. It makes it much more fun and accessible and easy to do and manage. Uh, now, the difference between that and Wim Hof, Wim's is much more geared around one breathing technique, which, is, which he used to climb up mountains Right. And get into ice baths. And it generates a lot of fire, inner fire. So the company is called Inner Fire. And all of the practices in the Wim Hof Method are like high energy activating. Right. So they're great for people who are low in energy, you know, who um, like people who are depressed. And actually his big cause is against depression. Mm -hmm. So it's really good for depression and um but it can, in some people, cause more stress because it's right. very vigorous breathing. So, as I said, you know, when you breathe in and you force the inhale, 
you create, you stimulate the sympathetic nervous system. But with what we do is perfect rhythmic breathing. So SOMA is actually more of a general thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, While our foundational practice, awakening, which is like a daily practice you do every day. And we also combine like dance with it, like ecstatic dance but with breath work. And you, and it's, this is a very good way of moving um, the lymphatic system. And actually, here's the other thing. So the three biggest dangers now that we have disease-wise um, is Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia. These are like really up and coming in a big way. Like my dad's got a form of Parkinson's, really, really horrible. You, I really wish I knew all this stuff years ago because I could have saved him. But now I know the mechanism of how these things work and why yoga is the best thing for it. Because what happens is when your brain, your brain basically sits on a bath of cerebral spinal fluid. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And that's like your lymphatic system, uh, the brain. It drains all the toxins away. When you sleep, okay, that's when the proteins are produced as a byproduct, which are called uh, beta amyloid, mm-hmm. right? And also tau proteins are cleared. They, they get produced by the brain metabolism and then they get cleared through and drained through a cerebral spine fluid. Most of that activity happens at night. However, by exercise and movement, you actually move the cerebral spinal fluid like a, a drain, you like pump the drain. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, breathing itself moves cerebral spinal fluid. So when you do rhythmic breathing, you're actually moving the cerebral spinal fluid. And if you use certain, um, so we use the mulabanda, which is this uh, part of the body near the pelvic floor muscles, which when you br- draw in the mulabanda on your inhale mm-hmm. and let go, when you exhale, it really, you feel, you'll feel like this energy moving to your head and draining out. And you feel like this flushing feeling. So part of SOMA is doing that. that during the rhythmic breathing, you're using the pelvic floor muscles up and down. And this is amazing for clearing out toxins from your brain. And a lot of people find they have more clarity after doing it. They find they sleep better. Uh, they get in sudden inspirational moments. All of these things are possible because um, of the fact that you're just cleaning the brain. You know, right. we don't think about that. We don't think about cleaning the brain. You know, a lot of people actually, if they go and exercise, they might feel sudden clarity, moments of clarity, because you're moving the lymphatic system, draining all of that toxin. So, you know, same thing. If you're spending a lot of time sitting down, then just spending a few minutes to do rhythmic uh, diaphragmic breathing in the way we show in soma could be amazing for preventing these problems of sitting down for too long sitting down for long periods of inactivity wonderful what's the best way for somebody to get um involved in your programs if you if they join up what what does the program look like is it just a you know um can they go for different programs for different disease states or is it a general well-being program that develops just describe the process a little bit. Yeah, well, we don't really, um, we don't do cures of diseases because... don't think one can legally <laughs> even claim that, can you? <laughs> way too dangerous yeah. to, to get on there. Even though I have amazing results with gut problems and also colitis, I have a very high success rate. So I have a protocol for gut health for people having issues, you know, from IBS through to colitis. Mm-hmm. And that's a set lifestyle protocol that seems to work for everyone um but the soma breathing practice is like a general thing that you do for your well-being but the way we've we focused it is on trying to give people what they really want like nobody wants to be healthy they want what the health brings them the results that they bring them right so what we do is we we've created a motivational program that gets you towards where you want to be in life through the practice of SOMA as your, as your um, daily practice and your practice of self-inquiry and self-realization. And it has amazing results. And we have this one program called the 21-Day Protocol. 
over 21 days. You do it as a group with people all around the world. Um, you have an instructor who guides you through the whole process over 21 days. Uh, once a week, you check in with the whole group and you're all doing it at the same time and you're breathing together. It's amazing. You get so much magic and we get so many people in the community becoming friends and connecting and forming relationships and things, which is amazing to see. So the 21 day program is like our like real flagship thing that we recommend, but you can also become an instructor. So you have a lot of people um, as instructors now um, around the world. So have an instructor training as well. And uh, we are actually like expanding the training even more, making it um, having these add-ons. So one that's more around movement and dance, one that's around um, the more therapeutic breathwork techniques um, and then others around yoga things like that but these will be like add-ons so you can keep progressing your knowledge as you go along great we'll put all the uh all the links to the relevant programs and uh niraj's websites and everything in the show notes so that will be easy to follow for everybody listening the other thing i really wanted to talk about today i can't believe how quickly the time always goes when it's such interesting conversation (laughs) um in addition to the breathwork, what's very different from a classical yoga practice is that a lot of your um, breathing techniques and these exercises are accompanied by music. You you talked a little bit about that at the very beginning. Why did you combine the two? Ah, good question. Well, I think music's always gone uh, together with yoga and meditation. In the olden days, the ancient, like the Indian music, they even say that each note and each chant, when you do a mantra, each tone that you make corresponds to different functions in the body and can activate and even change the, the reality around you through altering the vibration. So there's always been a, um, a, a real clear understanding about the power of music. And I just, being a music producer, um, always had a passion for music. So I'd want to find ways to put music to anything that I did. Well, what I also really figured out was how music can affect your brainwave states and you can use different types of frequencies to alter your brainwaves to different trance states. And then I got into like the, the using rhythm and combining rhythm with breath. And like, so they always say like, you know, rhythmic breathing is to see, in yoga, it's all about rhythm, but it's hard to count perfect rhythm just in your head but when you do it to a beat right so like african shamanic tribal music actually has a lot of rhythm mm-hmm. in that rhythm and i just one day started to just i was making this music and i just started to breathe in a rhythm to it exactly like in two three four out two three four and in this perfect rhythm and it was just so good it was just such a good way of doing it so so the music then became like the, the foundation to it. Because the other thing with the music is it, it can just take you on a whole journey. And it, you know, because it, it, music itself is like a, is a, is information. It is, yeah. So if the music's written with the right intention, it, it transfers into the, the listener. So, you know, just by the, the sheer, the, the, intention of the music you can actually elevate somebody's consciousness and state yeah I always, um i always think about you know like in if you go to a rock concert and you're standing close to a speaker and you can mm. you can feel that that tone actually vibrating through your body so you know that's a, that's a real physical response to, yeah. to sound isn't it yeah it's energetic information yeah absolutely mm. great so what the the music then just kind of like accelerates and 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 complements this entire breathing structure. Do you do you go down these kind of like binaural and tripnoral beats and things like that? Well, tripnoral is what I I created um, years Can ago. Can you define that actually for people who yeah. are aware of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the original um, brainwave entrainment technology is called binaural beats, and it works by two different frequencies playing in each ear you have to have headphones and the the resulting frequency of the two combining together is the frequency that trains your brain to now it's kind of an old technology it takes a long time to work and all that but what then they created more recently was 
um, isochronic tones, which are more ri just ri repetitive rhythms. And uh, that, that rhythm that do -do 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 entrains you to that pulse, that frequency. Now, I think that all of those things are now like, I think more advanced. Because what I started to do then was I used to combine the rhythmic breathing with the brainwave entrainment music. But I found now that when you, and that's what I call tripnoral, was when you had this music combined with breathing and isochronotones. But now I find that just through rhythmic breathing at around uh, 120 beats per minute, um, and you just do the breathing patterns that I talk about, it's far more effective way to change the brainwave state. Much easier, much quicker, and uh, more, more of a real result. It's less passive because you're actually doing some breathing with it, but right. it's just more, in my much deeper. Wow, yeah. incredible, incredible. Yeah. Now, Arj, I, I'm so grateful that you came and shared this knowledge. I hope that everybody uh, goes over and checks out your, your programs because I think, you know, something so easy as your own breath. I mean, what could be better? You carry it around with you all the time. doesn't cost anything. just takes paying a little bit of attention and you can achieve such amazing results. I mean, every single um, system in the world, uh, religious system or... Uh, indigenous people belief systems always incorporate some kind of breathing so I think we know how how massively important that is I also just wanted to thank you so much because a little bonbon for our listeners which is actually perfect timing because this month London Heal is celebrating its first birthday so as a birthday present Happy from Mirage and from us to uh, to all of our, our listeners we're going to um, include access to a meditation, a breathing meditation with music from Niraj. So please try it out. You'll be amazed. I've been using it for a, a day or two. And I have to admit, it puts you in a great place when you're done. So nice. thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Beautiful. Before we wind up, is there any kind of parting thing that we haven't talked about that you really want to get across to the listeners? Make sure that they know exactly what you're about, if there's anything we missed. Yeah, so uh, like there's a couple of like little sayings I like to, to say, which is um, the first one is the first two letters of the word wellness is we. And the first layer of the word illness is I. So the more I-focused we are, you know, the more self-centered, the more egotistical, more greedy, the more likely you are to get sick, okay? We are a community, a colony of different cells, all working in harmony. So the inner world becomes the outer world. So the more we work harmoniously with other people's communities and have that sense of belonging and feeling of belonging, the more likely are we are to solve the world's problems and become happier and, and less I focus, more we focus. And the other thing is I, I really believe that the true measure of your health, there's a few of them, but one of the most important ones is this question. Every day you wake up, right, you've got to ask yourself a question. Am I waking up today with absolute enthusiasm to do hard day's work uh, or am I doing this because... I feel I have to, to survive. The more you wake up feeling like you have to do something, and the same thing goes for being compassionate. If you feel like you have to be compassionate when you don't really want to be, um, rather than being enthusiastic for being compassionate, the more likely you are for that to turn into chronic stress and that stress to manifest the disease. So the moment, the moment I wake up, if I start to feel like unenthusiastic, then I know there's something wrong and I have to do something about it. I have to change it immediately from that day. But never let that go on too long. I did, and that caused the ulcerative colitis eventually, you know. So you've got to like really start to listen to your body. Right, and that is something that you can actually learn, isn't it? We've all forgotten how to do it. We knew how to do it once, but, um, yeah. but that's with training and, uh, and, and a little bit of dedication. You can actually really, really go back and learn and to listen yes. yeah. yeah yeah it's called being intuitive we're all intuitive everyone's born intuitive you don't need to go and see a psychic 
to tell tell you what your problems are. You already know you have that voice inside. You just have to trust in it. Right. So Niraj, London Heal is all about um, mind, body, spirit medicine. And I like to kind of encapsulate that in the ideas of health, happiness and serenity. So just to finish up, three little questions that I always ask all of my guests. And I'd like to, very interested to hear what you have to say. We've talked a lot about breathing and health. What does the word health actually mean for you? What, what's your definition of it for you personally? Well, I think I just answered it in the last. In a way, you did, yeah. The last <laughs> one, yeah. That that to me is the important things: becoming refocused and having enthusiasm and passion from the moment you wake up. Right. And love, and love, love. Mm-hmm. a lot of love. Yeah. And what about happiness? What do you do to get happy? What makes you happy? And is See, it even something is... that you think is worth pursuing? A lot of people don't. Yeah, happiness is a very, very funny thing because sometimes you've got to get really like unhappy to appreciate the happiness so for me like I've let go of trying to be happy and I focus more on um following like my flow you know like what makes me flow Mm -hmm. and what makes me flow isn't is sometimes really difficult and challenging and it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to always be happy so I'm more now following what's the thing that is just where I'm in the flow state, where I'm just, I get lost in the sense of time and space. You know, there's sometimes I'm making music where I'm really, I'm like stressed because I can't figure one bit out, but I'm so absorbed in the process. That, and that's the flow, that's the state that they're talking about in, in meditation. It's, this, it's, this, it's the state that you go into, it's timelessness. And this is the state of absolute concentration. And that for me is the goal of what all these techniques are for, is for you to be able to find what is that thing in your life where you can just go into that state of flow. And it will sometimes make you unhappy as well. Mm -hmm. Because you may like, you know, leave the the, um, kettle on and (laughs) burn it or something, you know, because you forgot. Yeah, I guess I'll like just always be in flow in these interviews because, as I said, the time just like whizzes past. Exactly. I don't even notice. Like, yeah. so lucky to have such interesting guests as yourself. So yeah. how about serenity? I mean, meditation obviously is a big one because um, that, you know, people rush around. They lead these busy lives. They don't ever take the time to just turn down the noise and, and get quiet and, and look within. Are there any other techniques that you would recommend or that you use yourself? Yes. Or is meditation the big key for you? No, 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 no. I have an incredible... Um, uh, well, actually, in the UK, in um, Berkshire, where I'm, I was from, there's a spa Me called Nirvana Spa. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. cool. Well, then Nirvana Spa in Sindelshan mm-hmm. was like my church. I used to go there literally every day. And when I actually was forming my business, I was I literally built it in my dressing gown on my laptop. <laughs> but um, and I because I made meditation music, so I was doing it in the spa. It was incredible. It's a really a beautiful spa. It's, one of the best I've ever been to in the world, and I've been to a lot. And um, it happens to be in like Berkshire, it's just five minutes from my parents' house. So um, for me, the sauna and being like meditating in the sauna and also combining it with cold, so it's the two different temperatures, and then also just being in like uh, hot water, like like a with salts and minerals. Actually, we were yesterday we spent like, hours in a and this natural mineral spa in, uh, in just outside Barcelona. And that's like my favorite things to do in the world. Like, to meditate in those conditions is, for me, is the bliss. That's the divine nectar. Great. Yeah. Sage advice. So everybody drop that gym membership yeah. and get the spa membership instead. <laughs> well, I can give you, I can actually give you a link to one of my articles um, on the sauna. If you right. like, all yeah, the benefits of it. Love that. Yeah. Great. Well, Niraj, our time is over. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me today. Um, we've all learned so much and I highly encourage everyone to listen to the, the free uh, meditation that you provided for us and check out Niraj's website. And it just leaves me to really acknowledge you for the work that you do. Thank you, because I think anything that helps people 
live better, healthier lives for longer that doesn't involve pumping their bodies full of chemicals is great. So thank you so much for the work that you do. I really appreciate it. Ah, pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Much love. Peace. So dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Niraj as much as I did. Breathwork, an absolutely fascinating area and one that I think has enormously profound effects. We know from thousands of years of traditional practice from all over the world, from indigenous peoples and religious cultures, that breathwork is a very central part of what goes on and definitely has profound effects on mind, body and spirit. If you think back to the episode with Roland McCready from Heart Mass, he also mentioned how important breathing was in order to get the heart into coherence, which gets the brain into coherence, maximizing both resilience and performance. So all of these things are related. If you would like to try out Niraj's technique, then please look in the show notes or go over to londonheal.com under episodes, look up Niraj's episode, and there will be um, a place that you can access an example of one of his breathing meditations to his music. Have a go at it, try it out. It's very amazing, very profound. I think you'll really enjoy it. And if you'd like to get in touch with him and find out more about his his programs, his training programs for trainers and also for individuals, all the links are in the show notes. And speaking of show notes, please go over to iTunes, rate, review us. And um, if you really think that what we're doing here is useful and valuable, then please pass the information on, distribute it at your leisure. Same applies for our Facebook page. Be very grateful if you were to pop over there and say hello at some point. And so, my dear listeners, that leaves me as always to wish you health, happiness, and serenity. <laughs> <laughs>